0: So we, this morning again, we do continue with uh, the series in the book of Philippians, focusing on joy and peace despite our circumstances, whatever circumstances are before us. And as been noted a few times already, this past Thursday uh, marked Ascension Day. So we'll also be incorporating the Ascension Day story uh, from Acts one verses one to eleven, along with Philippians two five through eleven. And we're going to focus particularly on verses 9 through 11 from Philippians 2. But we're going to read the Ascension story, as mentioned, uh, as we have it in Acts 1, 1 through 11. And following that, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. But let's come to God in prayer first. Father, thank you for your word and for your spirit to work in us to further understand your word and your loving relationship with us, your people. Bless the reading and the preaching and the listening to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Acts 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That was Acts 1, verses 1 to 11. And our next reading is from Paul's letter to the church of Philippi in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, where you read, In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Therefore God exalted him, and this begins our text this morning, verse 9, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So again, this past Thursday marked Ascension Day, and it was 40 days since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. On that Sunday of Jesus' resurrection, a miracle that was beyond the understanding of the disciples occurred, and beyond our understanding. Jesus, who was killed on the previous Friday, he rose from the dead, and it is a miracle that we can only accept through faith. Following the resurrection, Jesus is alive. He was living and he was in bodily form on this earth and physically walking around with the disciples. And his time on earth was going to be limited. He knew that. He was ministering on earth for another 40 days. And it was after these 40 days that God the Father called Jesus back to the heavens and he crowned him with glory and honor. And that was another miracle. That was beyond the understanding of the disciples, and again, beyond our understanding. Despite that the disciples were watching Jesus as they ascended into heaven in bodily form. He ascended as Jesus the Lord, and he ascended as Jesus the human. Again, he ascended in bodily form. And this too is another miracle that we can only accept through faith. Acts 1, verses 1 to 11 provides us a story from the perspective of the uh, disciple Luke. And as we have read, Jesus instructs his disciples to go to Jerusalem and stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. As Sylvia mentioned, next week we celebrate that gift, and I'm going to give a spoiler alert here. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, next week, Sunday, we celebrate 50 days after the resurrection, which is Pentecost Sunday. This morning, as a body of believers, we celebrate Christ's ascension into the heavens. And we celebrate this miracle that exalts Jesus Christ to the right hand of God the Father. And it represents his lordship, it represents his reign. And this is a time in which, again, we look at how God initiated these things. God initiates things. He initiated this. This is part of the plan of salvation. And as God initiates, we, his people, have an opportunity to respond. We respond as God's people. And so this morning, we're going to reflect on verses 9 through 11. Particularly verse 9, we're going to look at a word exalted. God exalted Christ to the highest place. Christ was exalted beyond anything, beyond anyone. He was exalted above all. And this was quite the acclamation. When Scripture talks about the exaltation of Christ, the exaltation already began with Christ's resurrection. And then it continues on with Christ's ascension, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And the exaltation then continues until Christ returns. So the exaltation of Jesus Christ reflects a long period of time. But today we look at Christ's exaltation as it relates to his ascension and reigning at God's right hand. Now upon reading of the scriptures, we will soon realize that Christ is not the only one to ever be exalted. We learn from reading the scriptures that um, it's possible for nations to be exalted. We read that in Proverbs 14, verse 34. We also know that people can be exalted. King Solomon was highly exalted over any king of Israel. 1 Chronicles 29, 25. And according to the Gospel of Luke 14, verse 11, we read, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the receivers of Paul's letter to the church of Philippi, they had the perspective of what it meant to be exalted. Philippi was a prosperous Roman colony. And many of the citizens prided themselves on on being Romans. They dressed like Romans, they spoke like Romans, they obeyed the Roman laws and customs, and above all, these people paid high tribute to Caesar. Caesar was the Roman emperor. Now, some years earlier, at the time of Jesus' birth, Caesar Augustus ordered a decree that a census be taken. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Now, this Caesar, as mentioned, was given the name Augustus. And the name Augustus means the exalted one. Caesar, during the birth and life of Jesus, was the exalted one. Caesar had all the legal power to rule Romans' religious, civil, and military affairs, effectively making him emperor of Rome. And according to the Roman citizens, Caesar Augustus, the exalted one, had all authority. So when this letter from Paul was written to the church in Philippi, Caesar Augustus was no longer ruling. But the recipients of this letter would have recognized still that their Caesar, the Roman emperor, is the exalted one. This was still ingrained into the minds of the Romans and likely in, even in the minds of many of the Jews. The power of Caesar. When the name Caesar was mentioned, the people's mental motto would be the exalted one. Now, Paul, in this letter, in many of his letters actually, he tends to be somewhat countercultural. And he affirms that Jesus Christ is the exalted one. Others before Christ have been exalted, but Christ is the only one that has been exalted to the highest place. Christ has been exalted higher than any Caesar, higher than any person, higher than any nation. Christ was exalted to the right hand of God the Father where he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings and he reigns over all. It is by Christ's ascension that his reign began. We read in Acts 2, 33-34, it states that Christ was exalted to the position of the right hand of God the Father. Christ has ascended into heaven and reigning on high at God's right hand. Now, as we said, the word exalted would have created this mental picture or mental model for many of the people at that time. But the phrase at the right hand would have done the same thing. Because in the ancient world, the highest honor a ruler could bestow on his subjects was to place that person on his right hand. Because this was the place of honor at a banquet table. This was a place of honor at a judgment hall. Only the most most trusted advisors and friends could occupy this place. As the right-hand person, this person could rule and give commands and pass judgments all in the name of the king. Now, I think during these days of the pandemic, our prime minister and premier they're looking a lot to their right-hand folks, and often they, I would say that the right-hand folks at this time are probably the chief medical officers. They're there giving advice, and they have a lot of authority as well. Christ being seated to the right hand of God means that he's been granted great honor and glory and power. As Christ, he has been given all the glory and power and the lordship. He has been given, as Scripture says, the name above all names. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Guess what, folks? Caesar's not the Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's the exalted one. So while present on earth, Jesus had authority. The Gospels state that Jesus, while on earth, he had the authority to forgive sins. You can read that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. After his resurrection, Jesus had all authority. After his resurrection, Jesus not only has authority on earth, as he did before, but through his ascension, he has authority in heaven. Jesus' authority is universal. It's all-encompassing. It's not limited. It doesn't have limits. At God's right hand, where Christ rules and protects his church, which he is the head of, now, our church buildings might be closed, but the church is not closed, and Jesus remains the head of the open church. Early in the service, we read from the Reformed Confession, the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer 49. And this referred to the benefits of the ascension. Well, following this in question and answer 50 and 51, we read these words, Christ ascended to heaven there to show that he is the head of the church and that the Father rules all things through him and that by his power he defends us and he keeps us safe from all our enemies. Christ governs the universe. He governs the church. It's his kingdom and he intercedes for his people. The ascension of Jesus Christ culminates his earthly work. Some of those may have seen on Facebook this week, I shared a, just a brief comment that said, Ascension Day is the day that Jesus started working from home. I think many of us can probably relate with that. Christ's human nature, the last 33 years on earth, has come to an end. His physical presence on the earth has been completed. Christ is no longer among his disciples. He's no longer in bodily form around his disciples. Yes, Christ has physically left the earth. And yet he's not alien to this earth. Christ states in Matthew 28 20 these words I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, you've got to think, okay, what does this mean? Because he just left. But I'm with you always to the very end of the age. His physical presence from the earth and from his disciples has ceased, but his presence has now become a spiritual presence in believers' lives for all time, never ceasing. Christ's reign through his church is given through the power of the Holy Spirit. The ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ brings us that much closer to Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is a sign and the gift promised when Christ is with his Father. The role of the ascension is to prepare the way for the full gift of God's Holy Spirit to the disciples, to his church, to his people. Christ's exaltation, and specifically as it relates to his ascension and sitting at God's right hand, is important for the church and for all believers. It's important for our faith. Because the ascension, like the resurrection, is a miraculous event. And it is only an event that can be believed through faith. It is with this faith that we can call Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians twelve three we read, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit, a sign promised at Christ's ascension... We're given this gift of faith. Having this faith, we can proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we are called to exalt Him as our Lord and Savior, the Exalted One. Christ's ascension is a celebration. And we disciples are the recipients of God's initiating power in grace. And as God exalted Jesus to the highest position which is above all, in faith we too want to respond and we want to exalt our Lord and Savior. So as stated in verses 10 and 11 of Philippians 2, our response should be that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth and every tongue confess, every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Again, Jesus is no longer physically on this earth, but spiritually he is very present through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not left alone. Wherever we are, that is where Jesus is also. And that makes it possible for us to have worship in front of our computers because wherever we are, Jesus is there. Whatever we are doing, Jesus is there. He's with us. So in all that we do, We bend our knees and we exalt him. We praise him. We confess that he is the Lord who reigns in heaven at the right hand of God our Father. And even in challenging times, through wars, through disease, through difficulties, he still is in control because he is the ruler of our lives and he is always present in our lives. Even at times When we might be thinking that we're walking through that darkest valley. In keeping with the theme of this series in the book of Philippians, Jesus is Lord, and that He is with us can bring us continued joy and peace in every circumstance. So, Jesus is present in our work, He's present in our education, He's present in our church. He's present in our homes. He's he's in our leisure. He's present in our times of busyness and times of solitude. He's present in our times of isolation. So at all times, in each of these areas of our lives, let's respond by exalting Him, praising Him. Now there are many in this world today who proclaim and serve other kings. The people of Philippi, many of them, exalted their Caesar. And today, so often, people have their own Caesars that they exalt. Perhaps it's greed, maybe power, maybe social connections. There are many today as well who exalt material things that surround each person. And we, need, we all need to be aware of such things in our lives And confess that we do fall short, but also confess and profess that Jesus is Lord. And we share that profession, we share that confession with others. Folks, Jesus is among us. And he has never left us alone and never will leave us alone. And one day, all believers will again meet Jesus face to face and be in the physical presence of our Lord and Savior Christ's ascension, which we are celebrating this day, provides us the hope and the assurance of one day being with our Lord. The assurance that he will return in the same way in which he ascended. Acts 1, verse 11. So through all our life, our work, our worship, our witness, through his word, we see the exalted Lord. And we show the world our exalted Lord. And may we all come to know our risen and ascended Lord and Savior. May we come to experience the joy and peace that Christ's ascension, his lordship, his exaltation to the right hand of God, his headship of the church. May we experience the joy and peace that, that brings us. And so verse 11 so wonderfully concludes with these powerful words that in all we do, we do it to the glory of God, our Father. And wherever we are, as God's people, we can all say, Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, Spirit God, Savior God, we thank you for becoming human and for experiencing the joys and sorrows of life. We thank you for your life, your death, and your ascension. And May we respond in giving you thanks and praise and confessing that you are Lord of our life and we look forward to the day of your return. In the meantime, we continue to praise you for the many joys of life. We continue to praise you for the beautiful creation, for the spring weather and the new life all around us. We praise you for education, although that it might even look different at these days, and for work as well, that might look different for giving us purpose, for the opportunity for farmers to get on the fields, and we praise you for things continuing to open up through COVID-19, and we pray for minimal spread of the virus. We praise you for growth in your kingdom, for opportunities to share your love to those in our families and in our communities, for reflecting Jesus wherever you situate us, and for seeing Jesus in others. We praise you for the unborn children, the newborn children, um, older children, youth, young adults, adults and seniors in our churches, in our families, in our communities. And we thank you for the diversity in your church in Exeter and in this world. Lord, we ask that your, continu- that your continued presence be made known in the lives of those who are healing, whether they've gone for surgeries or treatments or other things going on in their lives. We lift up your people and we pray for each of them and their families and their caregivers. We continue to lift up those who are in their homes or seniors' homes and are unable to get out, perhaps due to lack of strength or mobility, and are isolated due to COVID-19. Give them hope and encouragement during this difficult time. We pray for those with mental illness or other physical concerns or spiritual challenges. May your presence be made known to your people through the power of the Holy Spirit and the community of saints that surround us. Give comfort to those who have lost loved ones, whether it's been recently or longer. Give strength and hope to those who remain. We lift up those who are suffering in silence. Lord, you, Lord, are aware of all that is going on in your people, and we pray for your continued work through your Spirit. We pray, too, for the world. In many places there is brokenness. Where there is injustice and poverty, we pray that people will be taken care of and that the church will be able to reach out and reflect justice and love. We pray for those who suffer persecution for their faith in Jesus and give them the grace to endure all that they need. We pray for leaders around the world and in this nation and that they will be able to lead with integrity and humility in the name of Jesus. We pray for those who have suffered loss of loved ones or physical possessions through natural disasters or disease. And we pray for losses around this world with respect to COVID-19. Give hope to your people. We pray for those who struggle daily with physical health problems or mental health problems. We ask that you continue to work among your people. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Who is our greatest King? And all praise and glory and honor be yours now and forevermore. Amen.